0: Good
1: evening uh, to all our viewers. Tonight uh, we're going to be talking uh, with Mayor Deutsch, who is one of the founders and Director General of Regovim, a non-profit dedicated to the preservation of Israel's land resources and the rule of law. He's a major in the IDF. He was born and raised in Gushet He holds a BA from Aryu University and now lives in Efrat, uh, a neighbour and a friend of mine. Uh, tonight, he'll be talking about advancing Israel victory on the grounds and in the courts. Uh, at first, Mayor will be giving a presentation for 10 to 15 minutes uh, about these issues. And then uh, we're happy to take uh, questions from the audience. Mayor, please take it away. Thank you very much, Ashley. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um,
0: so usually when I start a talk, I usually ask, start off by asking, when was the state of Israel established? And usually the answer that we get is 1948. Well, as you all know, 1948 was a declaration of independence. However, the state was established the 40 years beforehand. It was established by purchasing land, by building schools, universities, by paving roads, building towns, communities, In 1948, all all that was done the the previous 40 years was was declared as the Jewish state, as the state of Israel. Now, let's see what's happening on the grounds in Judea and Samaria these days. So, a a bit of background. Um, You know, uh, between 1948 and 1967, Jordan was the occupier. Of Judea and Samaria, 1967. After the Six Day War, Israel uh, released the the area of Judea and Samaria, and then that more or less uh, was the case till 1993. 1993, the Oslo agreements divided up the area into three: Area A, Area B, and Area C. Just so, we, so to make it easier for all of us to remember, what, what, what does it mean? What does area A, what does area B, what does area C mean? So area A as in Arabs or as in Arafat, area A was an area under full responsibility of the Palestinian Authority. That means both responsibility of uh, security issues and uh, responsibility of civil issues, such as building schools or Um, health services or infrastructure and all that. So area A was under full responsibility of the Palestinian Authority. Area B, as in beyahad, which means together, or balagan, which means a mess. Area B was under the responsibility of the Palestinian Authority, except for the security issues. So area A and B is what you see on on the screen as in uh, colors of red. And area C, which is under full Israeli control, KC we can remember as Selano, which is a, a, a funny way of saying ours. Uh, area C is all what you see in yellow under full Israeli responsibility, full Israeli control. The agreements was a uh, agreement which was supposed to be a um, midterm I think is the word you use in English a midterm agreement on a way for a permanent uh, agreement between Israel and the Palestinians and there was negotiation back and forth different uh, different prime ministers uh, uh, had different approaches to this area. what was the, the game changer happened in 2009. 2009, the prime minister of the Palestinian Authority, Fayyad, Salam Fayyad, the the, the prime minister of the Palestinian Authority, he publishes what you see on the screen, a vision of how to establish the Palestinian state. And as you see, it says, ending the occupation, establishing the state. What he wrote in this plan is, it's very simple. Area A and B already belongs to us, the Palestinian Authority. And in order to create a Palestinian state, what we need to do is put facts down on the ground in Area C and make Area C into part of the Palestinian state. Uh, And immediately, already in 2009 and 2010, us in Regavim, we started seeing difference down on the ground. The way Regavim works, we have uh, field coordinators we have one in, in Jadan Samaria, we have one in the Negev. We have, we have a person up in the galley and we are out and around and we see what, what's going on uh, in the field. Today, obviously we're talking about what's happening in Jadan Samaria and the, the field coordinator came back to the office saying, I started seeing a lot of these water tanks. It took us a while to understand what, what's happening with these water tanks, but it seems the Palestinian Authority did something very simple, very smart, Low cost. They they used the Bedouin uh, clans, the Bedouin nomadic clans, as pawns on a chess game, in order to put facts on the ground. The Bedouin uh, com- community, as nomadic, the only thing they need to be to, to the only thing they need in order to stay in one place is water, and that's exactly what the Palestinian Authority decided to do. To give the nomadic uh, families, clans water, supply them with water. And that way they stopped uh, wandering around the area and they became permanent to these places where the Palestinian Authority uh, decided that they want them permanent. The next thing that was already in 2009 to 2010, the next thing we started seeing was illegal schools in Area C. Obviously, all what I'm talking to, to, with you tonight is what's happening in Area C, the area that's supposed to be under full Israeli control. What you see over here in this picture is, the hill in the back is the Herodian, Mount Herodian, and over here is an illegal school built by the, by the Palestinian Authority in Area C. This is one example of the school, you see here another example in the southern Chavon Hills, as you see a big sign saying, this is a school that belongs to the Palestinian state. It's funded by the European Union. Illegal school, it was built with no permits uh, by Israel. Another example of uh, one of these schools. Now the schools, is a, it's a strategy of using these uh, using the schools in order to take over land. And why is that? For two reasons. One is once you build a school, the population starts coming closer to that area. So they build a school in a strategic uh, place. And because the school is, they they pave a road to that school and they connect that school to water and electricity. So suddenly you see the Palestinian people, a lot of Palestinian families starting to build their homes around that school. And by building the school, they are actually taking over a very big area because they wanna be close to the school and they wanna be connected to the water and electricity. That's number one. Number two is a school, there's no chance Israel as of today is gonna to, to, uh, um, demolish the school because of the bad PR it's gonna create around the world. Uh, so what they do is they build the schools during uh, July, August in order to, uh, um, to occupy the school uh, by September. And once the, the first student steps his foot into that school, that's it. The chance that the Israel's going to demolish that school is zero because Israel's afraid of the bad PR. Um, and that's the strategy of building schools. In 2012 11, we started seeing what you see in the pictures here uh, uh, structures, illegal structures in Area C, uh, built as you see with the stickers. You see the, the, the blue stickers? These are stickers of the EU, of the EU, the European Union, uh, building these structures, funding these structures. Under the sticker, you'll see it says humanitarian aid. And if you see the, the, the picture on the top, you see 80% of the structures in this what's called village, 80% of these structures were built by the European Union. You see more of these pictures all around Uh, especially in area E1, the area that connects Jerusalem and Ma'ale Adomim, or Jerusalem and the Dead Sea. On the Palestinian side, they see this area as the area connecting Bethlehem, Ramallah, and Jericho. So This is a very, very strategic area uh, that Israel, for years, has said that it's going to be building over there in Ma'ale Adomim, and because of international pressure, Israel didn't do that in the same time the Palestinian authority funded by the EU they're putting facts on the ground building these towns building schools and for and so so on just a minute
1: the
0: presentation froze just a minute let me see if i Okay, you see these schools also, the activity of the UN, not only the EU, but also the UN. Uh, This map shows you, you see Jericho over here, you see uh, Ramala areas over here in Bethlehem. Each one of these stars is a community that was funded, was more or less established by the European Union. One of these stars, let's look how this looks, how each one of these towns or, uh, I can't call them a, a, a town, but each one of these clusters of illegal structures, how does it look like? You see this footage uh, from 19, uh, from uh, before the European Union uh, 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 took action in this area. You see this uh, footage, and then in 2012, 2013, after the European Union stepped into this place, you see that it already became, a uh, it became. you see the structure, do you see it suddenly became kind of a town, so, okay? You see. How the illegal structures have an effect on what's going on down on the ground. In the beginning, they were covered as tents, so people thought they're tents. But if you look uh, closer, you see that it's actually a tent covering a uh, permanent structure. What you see here in, in, in uh, purple is, or um, the different different uh, uh, clusters of illegal structures built by the Palestinian Authority in Area C. And you could definitely see the strategy of where these uh, clusters are being built. You see it's in in order to create a continuity between uh, between area A and B over to the Jordan River, uh, over to the Jordan Valley. Okay, I'm gonna skip forward. So we talked about the illegal structures. Uh, in 2014, we came out in the government, we came out with a big campaign talking about the illegal action taken by the EU. And the Netanyahu, the Prime Minister, uh, came out with a very strong statement saying, Enough is enough. In a meeting with Mugherini, uh, the representative of the EU, uh, Netanyahu said, Enough was building illegal structures in in uh, Area C. And the, Palestinian, the, the EU actually more or less stop these uh, projects of structure. They are still going on with schools, but we we hardly see any more of the structures being used as homes. Um, But what they started doing since 2014, they're putting all the money into agricultural projects. So what's going on is in Judea and Samaria, Israel never applied the Israeli law the land, the the Israeli land laws. So the the laws, the land laws that are in place in Judea and Samaria as of today are the Jordanian land laws, which are established on the British and the the, the Ottoman land laws. And according to the Ottoman land law, if you work the land for seven to eight to 10 years, um, so that land, Kind of, it's it's you, you start having rights in that land. It does not mean the land belongs to you, but you you definitely have rights to the land. Again, if you work the land for seven to ten years, so you start having rights to the land. And the European Union understands that. And uh, in the same uh, cost that they built a structure, which could take over a hundred square meters, for the same cost they they buy a tractor, and the tractor plows the land and works thousands of dunams, and that becomes private Palestinian land uh, in international media. You see all these projects, uh, if we just go through the report of 2016, just one of the reports just to get um, an idea of how vast these projects are, just in 2016, we're talking about 1,053 uh, uh, water, sources that, there, that, that uh, was built, 62 kilometers of uh, pipes. Um, we're talking about major, major projects of, of uh, uh, terraces and uh, pavements of roads. You see how many kilometers of, um, of pavements and roads uh, that make these uh, agricultural projects a huge, huge issue. You see 90, water barriers that uh, were given out by the Palestinian Authority. You see all this happening, all this land that was used to be uh, no man's no man's land now uh, has become private Palestinian land, all this against the law, all this funded by the, um, by the European Union. You see this video, this is a video from the Gush area, one of the blocks of settlements, uh, all this area C, all this state land, and you see all these projects, very, very new projects of paving roads and uh, fencing off the area, building water sources, water pipes, and um, then you see, uh, then so-called all this area has become private passing the land. I'm just gonna summarize. If you look at this map of Judea and Samaria, in pink, you see areas A and B, In green are all the Jewish communities in Judea Samaria. You see how the Jewish communities in area C are very, very small, as opposed to the big area of Judea Samaria. What you see now in uh, dark pink are the 30,000 illegal structures that were in area C in 2009. And you see, since the Fayyad plan, you see that all those structures doubled. So you see all the red are the illegal structures that were built between 2009 and 2019. This is the graph showing, including the the figures that we just released a few weeks ago, what happened in 2021. You see we came up to 71,000 illegal structures that were built by the Palestinians in Area C. This is the number of dunams. The previous previous picture was the, the number of illegal structures. This is the number of dunams of structures, right? So if you have one house over here, another house over here, and a third house over here, all that area is what's called a shetach banu, a, a, a area that was built up by illegal structures. And if we compare it to the Jewish communities, so you see, this is the battle over area C. You see that before the Fayyad plan, there was more. Built, oh, by the way, the blue line is the Jewish towns, legal Jewish towns, and the red is illegal Arab uh, uh, Arab uh, structures that were built. You see how before the Fayyad plan, there was a bit more uh, land that was built by Jews, and you see what happened uh, in the past 10 years. This, I think, is the most important picture to understand what's going on. In, uh, in Area C. Um, I met um, I met Ambassador David Freeman uh, three years ago, and I talked to him about all what's happening, and he said to me something very simple. He said, look, in Judea and Samaria, there are approximately 2 million Arabs and half a million Jews. The Area A and B that belong to the Palestinians, it's only 40% of the land. 60% of the land is Area C. Where can you expect the Palestinians to build? Where do you want them to live? That's when I went back and I did a research of finding out what's going on in area A and B. The first time anyone did that kind of research. So if you look and zoom in to this map, the, the, the area that has the stripes, the black stripes, that's area A and B. The chunks of black, that's the area that was built. With houses, with structures in area A and B. So what you see over here is that 70% of area A and B, the Pal- which is under full Palestinian control, the Palestinians never built over there. They didn't use that area. They still have 70% of area A and B, which is available for the Palestinians to build over there. While what you see in the red are official Official plans done by the Palestinian Authority, funded by the EU, these are official plans, city plans in Area C, and you see, in the same time that in Area A and B, a lot of the area is empty and is available. You see that the Palestinian Authority is planning and building in Area C for no good reason. Uh, Ashley, I think I think uh, we're going to stop here. If, you know, I'm just going to show you a, a quick video. Um, that of of ان يتعاملوا مع على انه كل هو لنا لا يوجد ما يمنعنا من ان نزرع مناطق لا يوجد ما يمنعنا ان نعمل على مناطق لا يوجد ما يمنعنا ان نزرع مناطق ولذلك يجب ان الى هذه المناطق وتوجيه الاستثمار وتوجيه منح الدول من اجل مشاريع اهلنا ووجودنا في اللي Thank you thank you very much ma uh, for
1: that uh, interesting overview of the situation um we have a lot of questions. We don't have that much time, uh, but uh, many, many questions, probably over about half of them come on a similar line. Uh, so I'll ask it, uh, um, basically people are, uh, there's quite a lot of outrage amongst our commentator, uh, uh, participants on, on what you've laid out. The big question everyone has is, why is the Israeli government allowing this to happen and what can be done to stop it?
0: It's a great question. That's one of the things we're doing is we're trying to, what, the strategy of Regavim, since it was established in 2006, was always to make the government of Israel do what it's supposed to be doing, uh, as opposed to many NGOs. Many NGOs do great work, but a lot of them, what they do is they, they try to do the job instead of the government. Uh, many examples. And what we try to do is we try to force the state of Israel to do what it is supposed to be doing according to the Israeli law. Now, I, I must say, um, it, uh, another way of, of understanding what we do is if you take a, a children's book, drawing book, right? So you have like, you open up the drawing book, you have numbers from 1 to 100, right? But then if you start putting the line together, connecting the dots, suddenly you see a footage of uh, Mickey Mouse, right? Suddenly you see the picture. And I think that's one of the things that we do in Liga We see A lot of people see the dots, but they, it's hard for them to connect the dots. And that's what we, where we come in and we connect the dots to show the, the government, to show the people the bigger picture. It took us many years to put the dots to, together. Us in Liga Vima was only in 2018 that we saw the numbers, the big numbers, well, the first time we did the whole mapping of Juddanus Samaria, we, the first time we, we saw the, 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 the ridiculous uh, numbers, that's when we started calling in the different mayors of in Jaus Samaria, members of the Knesset uh, and the government. And I could say that until 2018, this we, we weren't aware of the situation. Since 2018, I think the government of Israel knew what's happening. There were, I think, one or two discussions in the uh, um, security, uh, what's called the cabinet, Medina B'Chuni, the uh, security uh, cabinet uh, about this issue. And uh, Israel, I think, neglected uh, the situation. Um, I, I, I don't really have a great answer to, the, to that question. I think part of it is the uh, international uh, pressure which for no good reason Israel is always very very scared that someone says you know you're doing the wrong thing but uh that's one of one of the major reasons why Israel did not enforce uh the law and the other thing is i think this goes to a deeper level of the uh, uh, of kogat and understanding which which is the 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 uh The the ministry defense, which is in charge by law, that's the ministry in charge of Jedana Samaria, enforcing the law of Jedana Samaria. And for many years, the people in the the security uh, office, even though ministers, the, the defense ministers in the past 10 years tried to change that, still, the basic understanding is we are the guests in this area, and the Palestinians are the are, are actually the owners of this place. That's the, the, the basic. That's why when you see illegal structures, they feel not comfortable enforcing the law saying, this is the illegal structure, you have to stop what you're doing because they feel as if we are the, uh, the guests over here, not, instead of understanding that we are the owners of this place.
1: Another question is, uh, have you or the Israeli government ever approached the Europeans specifically about this illegal construction? And if so, what is their reaction?
0: So I flew to Brussels for the first time, uh, right before the COVID, uh, the beginning of, uh, I'm sorry, September 19. Uh, And for the first time, I mean, we're, we're a pretty much smaller organization uh, for the first time, we, you know, we took a big step. And as I just said, all our strategy was always not to do things instead of the government of Israel, but to make the state of Israel do it. But in terms of international relations, we understood that the state of Israel does not exist in international relations. The the ministry of, Um I forgot how you say Foreign it affairs.
1: Foreign affairs. Oh, foreign
0: affairs. Thank you. Thank you. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs is nowhere in the picture, nowhere to be found. And We met 15 out of the 750 members of uh, European Parliament, we met with 15, the most pro-Israel members of parliament, which are also in key places in the European Union, which means that the Israel Committee, uh, in the Finance Committee... And we sat, I sat down, I showed them th- these pictures of p- this presentation. They were all shocked. Not one of them was aware of the fact that the EU is involved in illegal structure, building illegal structures in Area C. They knew that the European Union is involved with uh, humanitarian aid. Um, and, and that was the first time that the, these 15 members of parliament, and since then, actually, the members of parliament did put a, a, a kind of a, stopped to some some of the funding has stopped. And as I said, uh, there are less and less of these uh, projects of uh, illegal structures. And at the same time, that money, instead of going to structures, it's going to agricultural uh, projects.
1: Um, one last question. Uh, the IVP the Israel Victory Project believes that this conflict will only end when the root cause is the rejection of Jewish sovereignty in its ancestral indigenous homeland uh, is accepted by the Palestinians, it will continue uh, uh, the conflict. How damaging is what's going on on the ground to the goal of ending the conflict, of convincing the Palestinians that their goals to eradicate Jewish sovereignty is over? They've lost uh, Israel as a Jewish state, is permanent, and then you know everything can lead from that. How damaging is what you're seeing on the ground uh, over the green line, inside the green line, uh, towards that goal?
0: So, look, the the, what's going on in the land of Israel is the continuing. It's the continuity of the battle of independence. The battle of independence was the battle where is the Jewish state going to be, as opposed to where the Arab state is going to be. And that battle has never ended. That battle is still going on. Where, and we were in a we were in a pretty good place, uh, I would say, like ten years ago where the Palestinian kind of started giving up on their hope of having a Palestinian state here, I think in the past 10 years, what's going on is they're putting facts down on the ground and they know all the, all the different um, ideas that came to the, ta- to the table, which if we're talking about the, the Oslo agreements or we're talking about uh, the Y plantation agreements, or even now the Trump, the Trump plan, the, the, the plan of the century they these plans take into consideration where do the Arabs live, where do the Jews live, and they are saying where the Jews live, that's going to be part of the Jewish state. Where the Arabs live, that's going to be part of the Arab state. That's these all these plans are. That's what the first the first thing they map is where are the Jewish homes and where are the Arab homes. And the Palestinian Authority is, I would say, taking every year taking a percent of the open area in Judea and Samaria. So every year that goes by another percent, I do think it's reversible. I, we have a whole plan how to reverse that uh, what happened in the past 10 years, uh, but we need the government of Israel to, uh, to adopt that plan. Very specific, it goes into a lot of details. We don't, we don't have enough time now to go into all the details, but it's, it's on our website. Uh, the people are more than uh, welcome to enter our website and read that plan.
1: Thank you very much, Mayor, for a fascinating discussion. As Mayor uh, said, if you'd like to learn more about Regavim and the work it's doing, they have a website. They have a very active Facebook page in English and in Hebrew, um, so you can find out more information there. There was a couple of questions whether this video will be uh, made public. Uh, it will be it will be on the Middle East Forum's uh, YouTube page within 24 hours usually, so you're free to share it with other people. Uh, Thank you very much, Mayor, again. Uh, On Wednesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I'll be giving my weekly Israel Insider briefing, update on what's going on in Israel, the Israeli political scene, diplomatic, uh, etc. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much again and have a good day.
0: Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you very much.